And in the end, the scrappy Guardians went down without a whimper. After two games of the series, the Twins have outscored Cleveland 28-9 to and appear ready to have us put some champagne on ice. This is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hello again and welcome back to Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Warren or at Locked On Twins if you'd like to interact with the program. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as well as on YouTube. So if you're watching on YouTube, click that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, all that fun stuff. We'd love to hear from you. Of course, too, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so if you could be active in the comments, we'd be lo- we'd, we would be delighted to hang out with you and, you know, discuss whatever's going on with the team at that given moment. So again, be active in the comments section, or if you have questions you would like answered on the program, feel free to hit me up on Twitter again, at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked on Twins. Those DMs are open. Also, don't forget to check out Twins Breathless Post Game Minutes after most games you can find them on YouTube under the shorts column, and every single game has a stat you won't hear anywhere else. Here's a sneak peek. This one was the Twins Guardian season series is a six and six deadlock heading into the series finale on Wednesday. The Twins can take the season series seven six with a victory. That would be three straight wins for the Twins over the Guardians. That would be the first time that either team in the series has won more than two games in a row this season. <clears throat> so I don't know if that piques your interest, but that's the kind of stuff that's interesting to me that we'll touch on in our post-game minutes. Now, this episode brought to you by Sleeper Picks. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states, so run on down to the Sleeper app, check out Sleeper, and find out if those you if you are living in one of those states today. Twins Guardians wrap up not only the series but the season series at the Jake Progressive Field, if you wish, on Wednesday. It's a 12:10 p.m. first pitch start. Joe Ryan against Gavin Williams. Williams only going one inning against the Twins last time out after dealing with a knee issue. So Twins will get a longer look at him ostensibly this time around. You can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Now Twins coming off an 8-3 win. And now seven games above 500, first time all season. MLB playoff odds or division odds, as it were, 98.9% for your twins one and 1.1% for the guardians right now. The projections have the twins finishing 86 and 76 and the guardians finishing 78 and 85. So it's uh, it's looking good for your boys. Um, You know, obviously we'll talk about the blowout win, the 20 to six mashing that took place on Monday. In fact, we're going to dedicate pretty much the entire third segment of this show to, um, you know, really breaking down what the heck happened because, um, you know, Lucas Giolito pitching for the 
Guardians trying to, to show off and show out for his new team and pretty much does the exact opposite. And we'll talk a little bit about the, the ramifications of not only how Terry Francona handled his quote-unquote pitching staff in that game, but, um, you know, just kind of how these three pitchers they claimed have kind of fit in and, you know, what that looks like as, as far as um, not necessarily ethics, but uh, just the way it looks. You know, did the, did the Guardians grab those players to block the Twins? And I, I'm starting to think now the answer is most certainly yes. Um, but alas, Twins appear headed to a division crown, their first since 2020. So either way, uh, 8-3 win. Sonny Gray takes the ball for the Twins. He was pretty solid. Talked his way into staying in the game late. Uh, last two innings, there was some traffic on the bases. Rocco Baldelli comes out. And Sonny basically talks his way into staying and departs after six. In the sixth, the Twins tied it up with a sack fly off the bat of Jorge Polanco. Um, Twins clutch hits all, all game long all series long to this point. And of course, if you scored 20 runs in a game, you're getting lots of hits, but it, it's felt as though the twins have just been on everything that the guardians have been um, putting up there. And, you know, uh, it, it didn't feel that way for the entire game on Tuesday. Tanner Bybee, uh, tremendous rookie season. Um, looks like he might be running out of gas. Uh, four strikeouts, five walks, only four hits, but it felt like, the Twins were absolutely pasting baseballs all day long. And in fact, the data, <laughs> the data backs that up. Um, you know, first of all, though, let's talk about Bybee for just one second. Um, average fastball at 93.2 in this start. It's been 95.1, so down two miles per hour. And that's kind of where I'm coming from as far as, um, you know, I think, I think he's really starting to uh, maybe hit a wall here and, you know, again, these things happen with good young pitchers. I just think that, you know, that's what we're looking at right now. But, um, you know, tremendous, tremendous pitcher. Um, got uh, eight swinging strikes on 87 pitches. So the Twins were on everything pretty much all night long. Uh, Sonny Gray only marginally better with, I think it was 10 swinging strikes. So a lot of co uh, contact in this one. Uh, I was impressed, though, with Sonny keeping his velocity. I he was hitting 94 late. I just thought he did a really nice job, um, you know, talking his way into staying in the game. And I think part of it is, you know, we've we've had some people kind of harp on it all season long. You know, why doesn't he stay in there longer? I think, you know, if he had before and it didn't work, um, he wouldn't have gotten this opportunity. If they did before and it did work, then it comes down to, you know, how worn out is he? So I'm not, I'm not trying to defend the decision now versus before, but just, um, you know, I think everything works in a certain way for a reason. And I think if Sonny Gray gets to free agency, hundred percent healthy, you know, maybe with a playoff win under his belt or two in a really nice season, I think he'll look back on it and say, you know what? The twins did the right thing. They got me paid. They kept me healthy for that last big contract. Um, I really doubt it's going to be with the twins, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I, I think the twins have actually, believe it or not, done right by Sonny Gray. I think this, the statistics he's put together have been, um, you know, it's a chicken and egg. Is he good because he's been held to shorter innings? Is he being held to shorter innings so he stays good, stays fresh? Uh, and I'm not really sure you can pick one or the other as the, the cause or effect. 
But um, again, another solid sunny evening. Uh, kept the Twins in the game while the offense needed some time to kind of catch wave. Uh, Matt Moore giving up the game tying home run to Christian Vasquez. Uh, Vasquez on base all night long. Um, you know, finally starting to show some life with the stick. But um, yeah, pretty satisfying for Vasquez to do that. Not only because Vasquez is having a, a tough offensive year, but because you know Moore was one of the three guys, like I said, the white uh, the Guardians claimed, uh, who now are almost certainly not going to pitch in the postseason. And you know, then it, it does start to kind of shed more light on that move, maybe being more of a, a petty. We'll throw a few million bucks at these guys. And that way you don't get one or two or three of them to really give yourself a chance down the stretch uh, and then into the postseason. And I think a lot of people too believe that's what the Ramon Laureano claim was for the guardians as well, blocking him from the twins who needed outfield defense and a, someone who could hit lefties, which is basically uh, Laureano's calling card. Um, twins line up the bullpen pretty much like they'd always want with Jack Steelbar Pagan. Uh, Twins have been able to stay away from Duran for a few days now, which, you know, we'll see how he comes back. Sometimes guys come back rusty. Sometimes guys come back 100% ready to go. Um, but backing off of him certainly doesn't seem like the wrong approach at this point. Um, so Moore gives up the tying run. Ronaldo Lopez throws a scoreless inning. But then Trevor Steffen comes in. And I'm, I was puzzled. He threw 31 pitches and recorded two outs. Not usually a good thing. Stefan's one of their best late inning relievers. And basically it goes down like this. Vasquez singles to center. That one was ripped. Uh, Castro rolls one of the goofiest doubles you've ever seen down the third baseline over the bag. Uh, runners on second and third. Kyle Farmer strikes out. Polanco hits a sack fly, which breaks the tie. And then everything just kind of busted loose from there. Royce Lewis walked. Max Kepler walked. Wild pitch scored Castro, Correa hit by a pitch. And then Donovan Solano strokes a ball to center. And it looked as though, you know, maybe two runs were going to score. Solano would have wound up at first. And I don't know, with Correa ahead of him, probably just second. But Miles Straw runs up on the ball, and it turns out to be a lapse in judgment. And uh, Straw, one of the best defensive center fielders in the game today. So rare lapse, uh, trying to make a play, and it you know just didn't work out. Solano ends up on third. They give him a triple. I, I mean, I guess technically Straw probably didn't touch the ball, but it was a pretty, oh, I don't know. I, I guess by letter of the law, it's a triple, but it, it really felt like an error to me. Anyway, though, Twins push across five in real rapid succession, and at no point does it look like Terry Francona has any interest in lifting him. Um, so, yeah, Trevor Steffen kind of ate this one. Uh, Twins go the rest of the way, shut it down. Um, now seven games up again, 98.9%, and looking for a sweep, Joe Ryan going. So, you know, we'll see what the lineup looks like. A lot of times there will be a getaway day lineup. And, and that sort of thing. But I, do, I don't think that's going to be the case here. The Twins have the ability to more or less slam the door shut on the Guardians, make it an eight-game lead with fewer than 25 games to go. Um, so I don't think it's going to be the case. I think they're going to put the good guys out. Uh, and then who knows, maybe let some guys rest coming back in the next series. Let's take 
a split quick second to talk about our friends at Sleeper. If you're not riding with Sleeper yet, you really, really, really got to check them out. So playoffs are around the corner. And if your full season fantasy team is tanked just like mine, you can get in the game still. You don't have to be beholden to your awful team of players you drafted many months ago. If you want to get into the action before the playoffs, you have a chance to win 100 times your cash on Daily Fantasy Baseball. Baseball's never been more exciting than it is now. you got Acuna, Betts, Otani, all these fun, exciting guys doing their thing. Now, if you pick more or less on the stats, like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and all that, you can put together a, a list of guys that you think will go over and above and hit your multipliers and win big. So if you want a chance to do that, you can use the promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions do apply, but you can see Sleeper's terms of use for details. And it's, um, my goodness, you got to try it. It's so much fun. Uh, and all you got to do is make a couple different picks. It takes no time at all. So again, go to the Sleeper app, use promo code Locked On, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Find out if you're in one of those 30 states who are eligible right now. Again, Locked On is your promo code on the Sleeper app. All right, we're back. With our news du jour, we'll usually do the news of the day to start the show since we're recording after a game, though. We want to talk about that game first, so we will talk to you about a little bit of news that broke here over the course of the day. But before we get to that, thanks for making us your first listen every day. If you're an everyday or check back tomorrow, and hopefully, knock on wood, by tomorrow I mean Wednesday, we'll be talking about a sweep. It would be so satisfying to talk about how the Twins finally stepped on someone's neck this season. Already kind of feels like they are. Again, 28-9, to nine, the run scoring differential to this point in the series. So um, it'd be nice to see them finish it off, though. And so it's the uh, Twins-Guardians at Progressive Field. I still call it the Jake. You can if you want to. But Wednesday, it's a nooner, 12-10 p.m., Joe Ryan against Gavin Williams. You can catch every pitch of the Twins hometown broadcast with Corey and Chris Atterbury. I was listening to the game earlier this evening on my way to Dairy Queen. So you definitely get to listen to a couple of the truly great guys doing it on the SiriusXM app. It's the SXM app, SiriusXM, just search Twins. Now, some of our news du jour is uh, something that I don't know that will surprise people that much. Terry Francona telling Sirius XM he is likely to retire at season's end. Now, first I wanted to say, has anyone ever said they were likely to retire and then didn't? Like, I, I just, I don't think there's going to be a change of heart. You know, Frank Cohn has dealt with his, um, some health issues and he's dealt with, um, I mean, I mean, I guess that's primarily it. And he's just, he's getting to an age where I'm sure he probably doesn't want to travel like this anymore. And he probably doesn't need the aggravation of it. Um, and good for him. I mean, he's been he's been a tremendous manager for a long time. I know there's been a little more discontent with him from Guardians fans this year, but I think that's more frustration over how the season has gone. But uh, if this is it for him, hats off, true legend of every sense of the word. And um, you know, it'd be weird seeing him uh, seeing somebody else in that dugout across the way, whether it's uh, Sandy Alomar Jr. If they go another route outside the organization, whatever they do, and then from that point. You know, does Carl Willis stick around? Former Twins relief pitcher who's the pitching coach, very well regarded in the game today. So we'll see what happens. But if that's it, 
Terry, uh, thank you very much. From from this side of things, uh, just one of the best to ever do it. Uh, a. Ray Adrianza starting a rehab assignment with High A Rome. So he is in the Braves organization right now, been dealing with a right arm issue, both the shoulder and the elbow. So making his way back. Um, I always liked A. Ray Adrianza. I thought he was a good dude to talk to in the clubhouse. I just always had a, a nice disposition, very pleasant guy. And uh, so we wish good things for him. He was a, a tremendous asset to the Twins here, uh, filling kind of a jack-of-all-trades role and uh, did a tremendous job. Uh, San Francisco is releasing outfielder A.J. Pollock. Where that comes into play for the Twins is that when the Twins were looking for trade deadline candidates, there were a few people who thought Pollock was maybe a decent, um, just a flyer against left-handed pitching. Um Ends up getting six plate appearances, zero hits for the Giants, gets hurt. Now he's ready to come back, and they're releasing him for the season, hitting a buck 65, 524 OPS. So probably not super likely that he's going to help anybody down the stretch. Uh, again, not playoff eligible anyway. But if he's going to have another ride, he's probably going to have to settle for a minor league deal this offseason, which, hey, good for him if, if that's the road he wants to take. But uh, tremendous player who just has not been able to swing it this year. Uh, Cardinals, DFA Taylor Motter. I believe that's the third time he's been DFA'd this season. And again, if not for seeing him in the series where the Twins played in St. Louis a few weeks ago, I don't think I would even know Taylor Motter was in the big leagues again. Similar thing for Alan Buznitz, who is being outrighted to Triple A. Uh, same answer. I, I was unaware for the longest time that he was even still hanging around, let alone uh, in the big league. So, um, Alan Booz sending, uh, getting sent back to AAA. And then the last thing, and this is, this is absolutely disgusting. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the twins. Although in a way, I guess it does. Um, the angels put all those players on waivers and you can spin it as, oh, we want these guys to get a chance to play in a playoff race, which, yeah, that's all good and well, I guess. Um, you know, Reynaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito, uh, Matt Moore, those guys aren't going to play in the playoffs because the Twins are basically taking care of business. But even if you want to assign the warm fuzziness to that move, Randall Gritchuk went unclaimed. No big deal, right? I mean, he's going to be a free agent. He's hit left-handed pitching, not much of a defender. Certainly questions about, you know, what kind of clubhouse fit he would be. But he went unclaimed, meaning the Angels are still on the hook for his salary. So what we came to find at that point was that the Angels' moves needed to all be completed for the team to reset their luxury tax so they can get a better pick when Shohei Otani departs via free agency, assuming he does. Um, it's a second-round pick instead of a fourth or something like that. Um but they managed to reset that by putting catcher Max Stassi on the restricted list. Stassi informed the Angels he's not in a position to return to the team and voluntarily decided to be placed on the restricted list as he tends to a serious family issue. So if the Angels deserve the benefit of the doubt, this would probably be a, a no big deal kind of thing. But... We live in an era where people 
track these things. So you get the salary tax or luxury tax implications and that sort of thing. It can't be coincidental that each of those guys getting picked up would have reset this. And now Stassi being put on this list does reset this. Again, if you want to assign a humanitarian element to this, I don't think you can. Yeah, it's cool that Lucas Giolito got to leave the White Sox to go to the Angels, who are a cesspool. Flip to the Guardians, who have since fallen out of contention. At least we think. But the Angels doing this to Max Stassi, uh, I know it says voluntarily. I know he stepped away. Um, and maybe there's other things at play that are more than just the ramifications of this luxury tax wise. But again, it's just all those things combined. It really takes the, uh, the heartwarmingness of any of this and really um, shoves it down the drain. It's just, it sucks, man. But no connection to the twins specifically, just, uh, you know, if the twins had claimed any of those guys, they would have been, part of the lessening of their luxury tax load. And eventually they ultimately have gotten beneath that threshold. Um, I guess that banner will hang forever, or at least until Artie Marino sells the team. But um, shameful, just shameful. Okay, we're coming down the home stretch here. You are, uh, we're so delighted to have you. Uh, Twins Guardians are going to play the finale on Wednesday at the Jake. But uh, again, thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. We've got players coming up here. We've got all kinds of end of season coverage, postseason coverage, and who knows, hopefully covering a few postseason wins because we know Twins fans have struggled long enough. But before we get there, they're going to wrap up the series at the Jake on Wednesday, 12, 10 p.m. First pitch. It's Joe Ryan and Gavin Williams. Should be a fun one, especially without much pressure on the Twins. Catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the XM app. Just search Twins. So come into the series at a five-game advantage. Twins do. And it's it's kind of funny, though. You think of three games and you think of, like, the potential outcomes, and it's a sweep for the Guardians or a sweep for the Twins is a six-game swing. And, again, it's simple math. I'm not trying to say that simple math is blowing my mind. But it's incredible how much different the optics are if the Guardians win these two games instead of lose them. The swing between being three games back and being seven games back is astonishing. And even if you are the Guardians and you win two and drop one, take two or three, as you want to do all season long, you still only would have picked up one game. And that's why it's so hard to play from behind at this time of year. Um... There's no clock in baseball, but you can run out the clock in the sense of if the Twins lead by eight games at the end of this, se this series, um, if you even play 500 ball, the other team basically has to go undefeated. I mean, it's, it's simple math, but you don't process it that way unless you really sit down and think about it. And that's why seven games, even though it's like, oh, anything could happen. No, not really. Uh-huh. At this point, I'm curious to see if Detroit could sneak ahead of Cleveland, two and a half games behind, and it would just be stunning 
to see an upstart bunch of players under AJ Hinch who are not a finished product by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so many pitchers hurt and that sort of thing. That would be to me manager of the year quality work from AJ Hinch in Detroit. Not to get off on a tangent, just I'm curious to see what happens. But Twins in a good spot. They're in a good spot because they absolutely throttled the Guardians 20 to 6 in the opener on Monday. It was Pablo Day. He was fine. Three strikeouts in six innings, 199 on the season. He's going to have to wait for his 200th against uh, probably the Mets, who, well, definitely the Mets, who he's seen plenty of as a member of the Marlins before this season. But Pablo was good. Um, Lucas Giolito was not. Giolito got absolutely pasted. Three innings, nine earned, three home runs. But it started out actually fairly inauspicious. So, uh, I mean, Jorge Polanco, second hit of the game, homers to center. But he gets uh, he gets out of the inning with a run. And then he gets two swinging strikeouts. This is Giolito of Solano and Walner in the second inning. So he's one out away from, you know, feeling good about the first two innings in a Guardians uniform, etc. Then Ryan Jeffers steps up, falls behind 0-2, and then proceeds to put together a mammoth 10-pitch plate appearance, culminating in a walk. Um, Willie Castro follows with a single. Eddie Julien walks after a wild pitch. Jorge Polanco walks after that. And then Royce Lewis does what Royce Lewis does best. He hits grand slams. And at that point, it's 6-0. And you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself at that point. Twins most certainly were. So 6-0, Carlos Correa follows with a homer to lead off the next inning. Twins make it 9-0 after three. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap for Giolito. And they go to Sam Hentges. So Sam Hentges, if you've been living under a rock, is from Minnesota, went to Mounds View, yada, yada. Um, and he gives them a couple innings. Actually, no, sorry, one inning. And it's Inil, uh De Los Santos giving them the fifth. But De Los Santos goes back out for the sixth. And that's when the Twins start chipping away again. The, the Guardians did push one across in the third. But um, you've got walk, walk, single, single, line out, single, fly out, single, fly to right. It's 13 to 1. Twins come back at it in the seventh inning. Uh, pop out, walk, homer, single, single, homer, line out, fall out. That's the seventh inning. The seventh inning is where things get, I'm going to say, weird. David Fry is pitching for the Guardians. He comes in actually in the sixth. Um, David Fry is a not a pitcher. He's a catcher. He plays a little bit of everything. Um, the logic behind it makes sense. The Guardians came in with a bullpen that was strapped, taxed to the max and even using Hentges and De Los Santos um, surprising in that it was a, a nine, one game when Hentges was a good, pretty good reliever and, and De Los Santos perfectly good reliever um, came in there. So what I'm saying is Fry comes in in the sixth inning and finishes it out. As much as I think that's a joke, it's not particularly good baseball. 
a lot of people paid good money to go to that game. You could have almost justified putting in Fry in like the fourth inning. And it would have been just as objectionable. Instead, you know, Twins add up a bunch of runs, get to 20 on a Matt Walner homer on a pitch <laughs> that came in 56 miles per hour. It got a um, a ticket for driving too slow on the interstate. It was coming in so slow. So certainly David Fry pitching is a little bit strange. Twins respond in the ninth inning with Willie Castro pitching Christian Vasquez at second. Um, Castro comes in and proceeds to throw a 40-mile-an-hour EFIS to Loriano, a couple of 38-mile-per-hour EFIS to Andres Jimenez, mid-40s to Brennan. He, said, he tried to sneak a fastball past Arias, uh, 71 miles per hour after sitting in the 40s and 50s. Basically, I felt as though uh, there's 137. I'm just trying to see what's the slowest one because I think it's 37. Yeah. There, I think it was a good indication of the Castro being like, this is how seriously you guys have taken this game tonight. I'm going to just turn around and do the same. And it wasn't like a big rah, rah, rah fight or anything. But earlier in the game, there was um, some weirdness when Brent Hedrick hit Andres Jimenez with a pitch. And there was like the weirdest warning in history. <laughs> um, no intent there. You know, the Twins are just trying to mop it up. The Guardians by this point have well, well conceded the game. So I'm really not sure why that got to be anything more than just, oh, you know, it's unfortunately got hit. But for my money was the saddest, the saddest uh, warning of all time. Um, I'm going to close with this. I'm not, no, I can be kind of petty. I can be kind of vengeful. I'm loving the fact that the Guardians claimed all these guys to block them from the Twins. And the Twins are going to make sure that they spend the rest of the month thinking about the, the time they're going to be sitting at home over the winter. I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of that. And it's because I took a lot of crap from Guardians fans. I thought the Twins were better than they were going to be last year. They sucked. No denying that. I took a lot of crap, and I can handle that. But I really liked how the Twins retooled this offseason. Certainly, Carlos Correa falling into your lap helps with that a lot, but I digress. And if I had a quarter for every tweet that I got that said the Twins would win the division with what pitching, um, oftentimes in the uh, SpongeBob meme alternating caps and not caps font, um, Twins found some pitching buddies. Uh, so this is very satisfying. I can be petty, but I also like when petty is paid back. Does that make sense? So I'm, I'm not, I'm again, I'm not mad. I mentioned this on the show. I think the more shameful parts are the angels for what they're doing. MLB for allowing it to be the rule, but also again, unprecedented because the angels are being um, just complete jokers about the whole situation. So again, not upset, not mad, but just kind of amused by the fact that those guys will have played on three teams this year and uh, 
well, Lopez and, and Gilito and then two teams for more, uh, but still not be in the postseason hunt. So, again, nothing more than just kind of me being amused. Thanks for hanging out. Hopefully Twins come back and get a sweep and we can put this thing to bed. For now, though, we're going to put this show to bed. That's a wrap for Locked On Twins. Thanks for hanging out. Make sure you follow me at Brandon underscore Warren at Locked On Twins. Again, your Twins, 98.9% to win the division. Turn off the lights, folks. This one is over. This is Locked On Twins. Don't forget to stop by tomorrow.